everyone. It's April, and we're here today to do another show for you. Tony's here today, and we have all kinds of good things going on. Um, it is 100 degrees here in Los Angeles, but fortunately it's a dry heat. We didn't have any of the humidity that sometimes comes through with it, so I can take heat. I can take it up to 120 degrees if it's dry heat, but if it's, you know, humid heat, ah, no. And I grew up in Michigan, so July and August was usually 100-degree weather with 100% humidity. And it was like you stepped outside, you melted, you had to go take a shower, just for stepping outside and getting something out of the car because it was so humid growing up. Um, All of the animals are in great shape. I've got everybody under control. Miss Nellie gets her eye drops every day. She has um, chronic dry eyes. And she has to have a drop in her each eye twice a day for the rest of her life. And the unfortunate part is, is, you know, Nellie hates the eye drops. So I have to hide the bottle, the little drop bottle, in my hand and kind of not, you know, hide it so she doesn't see it. Because she figured out I had it in my hand and she wouldn't come. She runs away from me. So I hide it in the office. I pick her up, I love her up for, you know, a few minutes, and then I sneakily, when she trusts me, (laughs) come around and put this in her eye. She gets so mad at me, but she doesn't have a choice. Um, The chronic dry eye, we didn't know it happened until about a year ago, and Biddy, her little partner, kept licking her right eye all the time. And I'm like... That's it. Well, a couple of times that's okay, but this is constantly. And I could see the eye was a bit different than the other eye. It was almost like, at first I thought maybe there was a cataract for me. So I took her into Dr. Anku, and he said she's got chronic dry eye. It's something that Chihuahuas develop. He said, and if you don't do the eye drops, he says the eye will get so dry that eventually she'll lose sight in it. And he says, and I've seen the eye fall out from the dry eye. And I'm like, ew. Well, we don't want that. So I have to give her drops morning and night, one in each eye. We did we did the little dance this morning because she, she knows in the morning when I first come in that there's a likelihood that's going to happen. So she's on the defensive. She's hiding under the blanket. And I have to pull her out and say, honey, this is what we got to do. You, you can't lose your eye. So and it's, you could just see her going, oh, okay, just do it. And, she's, and she wants to keep her eyes shut, so I have to also – while I'm holding her, is try to pull the eye because the doctor said it needs to go on the eyeball if you can possibly get it on the eyeball. And I said, okay, all right, we can do that. So Nellie and I have a date every morning and night to get these drops in her eyes. Um, Guinness is doing wonderfully. He's just acclimating so well. He's getting along with the girls. He's got everybody in the office doing what his bidding, which doesn't surprise me because he was always a pretty pushy little guy. My cats, all of them are all mad at me because they swear that I have turned up the heat. They swear it's my fault, and so therefore I have to put up a bunch of fans. I do have air conditioning in some of my rooms, and I put them in front of the fan, and that's where they stay all day. They can't stand it. Um, it's 100 degrees again today, so the cats are yes protesting and blaming me again today. But that's what it, when you're a cat owner and a dog owner, you got to expect to take some blame sometime, I guess. So, Tony, how are your little munchkins? Oh, everything is 
good here. All the animals are good. And no complaints, knock on wood. So we're good. So is it humid there? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, right by the ocean, I imagine it would be. It is, believe me. It definitely is. But we're surviving. I think it's is only it like hot? 100. Oh, it's hot. But I think it's only 150 more days till Christmas, so I'm waiting. 150 more days till Christmas. <laughs> Are you one of the low ones that leaves their Christmas tree up all year round? If I could, I would. But I always have a real tree, so I can't. You know, I always think about it when it comes time to take the Christmas tree down because the house just seems more warm and cozy when you've got a Christmas oh, tree yeah. on. Yeah. And when it comes, like, you know, after the 1st of January, oh, you got to take that tree down. Um, I always I always renick. I never really take it down to, like, January 6th because the nuns oh, yeah. used to tell us when I was in school that that was the epiphany and that was the official end of the holidays. Oh, okay. okay. That's what they told me. So I use that. I use that. I say, hey, it's not the epiphany yet. The epiphany is on the 6th. <laughs> I would too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh-huh. going to go get Veronica and you can get ready to shuffle off. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. <laughs> we have some wonderful questions. And, uh, you know, I encourage you every week to write in. So please write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Trevor. Do extraterrestrial civilizations have a more advanced understanding of life? after death than we do currently. Well, there are many civilizations that are more advanced than Earth Earth beings. However, we will say that a life after death, there are some species that live for a thousand years. There are some species that never die. Each solar system, each planetary system, all have their own things that they've developed according to what they've been dealt. Like on Earth, you are dealt with a planet that's base water-based, and it's secular, and it goes around, circles around a star, which is your sun. It's all very different in different places. So you can't really say, do they have a better understanding, because some of them don't have it at all. And some of them bounce back and forth between the two of them very aware. So it isn't, you can't even really call that more advanced. It's just different. So each place, each civilization, each group of beings that come into fruition make those decisions based upon where they're at and how their civilization and their species evolved. So you can't really say it's more advanced. We'd say it's different. But there are some places that never die, and there are some places that have a system that is not um, based on life and death. 
is based on totally on life. So it's different. Okay. Our next question is coming from Kathleen. When an incarnate kills, does the other incarnate agree to this particular life event? Or is it more random? Well, we'd say it was a little bit of both. Sometimes when there are decisions being made and life's enacted, there's collateral damage where somebody may be hurt or taken out of the existence without any notice. There's sometimes that does happen. Not often, but it does. We'd say that there are situations where there are two energies that go back and forth taking each other out and trying to resolve some sort of conflict that is going on. So therefore, both energies would recognize the relationship and what could come from it. But there are also those who never would do such a thing. Um, If they kill, it's like they don't agree to it, but it may be an exit point for them along the way. And in that exit point, this particular energy takes them out or does something that creates an atmosphere where they're taken out. So there's no standard answer. Just like most of the questions on mass is there's no standard answer because there's such a vast difference and individuality and, you know, specialness about each one of you. So there's no standard answer to this, but we've just given you a few of the options. So we think you all should consider that, and it can be a fascinating kind of study if you choose to take it on because if you start researching it, you will see plans and the not so plans. So we say it's not standard by any stretch of the imagination. All right. Our next question is coming from Jeanette. If people can choose their parents before birth, can they also choose their parents before birth if they are adopted? You always choose your parents. Now, sometimes you choose parents that maybe have some fertility problems or difficulties bringing a pregnancy to fruition. So what do you do? We say a lot of times an energy will see that as it's being enacted and will help them create an atmosphere where they can adopt. If you are destined and you are creating to be with parents that maybe can't have you biologically, you will get to them. We'd say a lot of adopted children find peace, harmony, and love with adoptive parents. And it's usually because they picked them and had to go a roundabout way to get to them, but they did. So we'd say if you are adopted, you still chose your parents in most instances. And just like with a regular set of biological parents or adoptive parents, sometimes they abdicate agreements and it doesn't go well. But you shouldn't define all of the processes negatively because of that. So we say, yes, if you're adopted, you chose them in a roundabout kind of way. It occurred because of biological things that came into play. All right, our next question is coming from Elizabeth. If a family member or a partner dies and then reincarnates before I can cross, 
how can they meet me after I die? Well, first of all, you have to stop looking, looking at it and thinking about it in linear terms. When you're on the other side, it is not the same type of environment. It's not linear. There are many levels of consciousness in the eternal. And an energy, when there, isn't condensed into a body. It is a pure energy that can sort of shapeshift into anything it wants to create. So if they decide to go off and participate in some sort of event or some kind of help, they can do that. But some of their energy stays right in the eternal. It is often that some energies do go off, but if you have energies that love you and want to be there, they can divide themselves and go off and do other things but still be there to help you cross over and to give you that first hug in the eternal, which, trust us, is the most beautiful thing you'll ever experience. That reconnection is the beautiful thing. No one would deny you that. And all of you have to, if you can, start trying to think from a more eternal perspective. Because when you say, well, you know, how can they meet me after I die? You are defining it linearly. And the eternal is by no means anything like the linear in that regard. And being able to meet with you is something they can do. They're they're energy. They're not confined. They're energy, and they can go off and do anything. They can manifest part of themselves. They can bring it over here. They can meet you. They can be off on the moon somewhere. That's all available in the eternal. So we'd say to get a better understanding of what it's like in the eternal, we would suggest stop defining it by linear terms. Give it some thought. And maybe ask more questions. Okay, Veronica, that was our last question. If you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I want to I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. As always, wonderful questions, and you know, don't be shy. Write in to innerwhispersradio.com. We'll look forward to your questions. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Here we are, another day on the planet. Looking around, we see a lot of chaos. Looking around, we see a lot of souls attempting to find balance in all that chaos. We would highly suggest If you want to achieve balance within yourself, you have to go internal. You have to put your focus in on your internal energy and not be affected by the chaos around you. We would highly suggest backing up from chaos whenever you get the chance because there's usually no good outcome if you're up to your chin in it. Decide every day you're going to stand firm in your own soul and your own perspective. Align yourself with your belief system, whatever it is, but align yourself with the belief system that will serve you and your time here on earth. And always be curious about other things. We realize it's very easy to get caught up in the dogma of religion and, you know, spiritual matters. 
but it's also really important to get caught up on your own evolution and what your soul is doing. Decide today that you're going to back up a little bit, take one step back every day in linear reality and reconnect with your soulful energy. There are millions of different ways to do that. Find one and do it. Most of you take care of your linear self. You feed your body. You take care of your body. You clean your body. You groom your body. But what about your soul? What about that? We think that included in all the linear stuff you do, one must take that spiritual time to connect with her soul. And spirit doesn't care how you go about that. It can be a religious thing. It can be a spiritual thing. Eternal space wants you to be connected to your soul. So however you choose to do that, do it. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be asked, you know, when you go to do your contemplative moment with your guides, you're not going to be asked how much money you made. You're not going to be asked how much stuff you had. You're going to be asked about what did you do to connect with your soul and bring that soulful energy into the environment you were in. Did you do it with love? Or did you step back and separate and do it a little more negatively? That's the judgment that you will have. Not what you've got, but who you are. And who you are is very well defined by your soul. We beseech all of you not to get lost in the linear definitions of anything, but get firmly planted and hold close to your heart the definition of you as a soul. That's what's important. So if you're off on a tangent where you're, you know, very linear, make an effort to back up a little bit and say, you know what, all this stuff doesn't matter. You could lose everything tomorrow and still be in a good place. So we'd say decide that you're going to connect with your soulful energy and observe the linear, but don't get yourself up into your chin about it. Decide that this is the most important relationship you're going to have is with yourself and with your soul. And those two things combined together would be make you unstoppable in the linear reality. But remember, the only thing you're going to take with you when you make the cross is you. So start making your plans accordingly and start considering being a little bit more eternal than linear. We think you might like it. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more wonderful questions. And until then, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.